The great founding father and part-time humorist, Benjamin Franklin, is once quoted as saying, the only certainties in life are death and taxes. And if that really is all there is, if those are the only certainties in life, I definitely wish there would be more of them, and certainly different ones than the Grim Reaper and the IRS, although they are a little bit synonymous, I think. But we wish there were more certainties in life. We like guarantees. Oftentimes, we don't do something unless there's a reasonable certainty of the outcome. But in our gospel today, Christ reminds us that there are few certainties in the Christian life, and that, in fact, not even heaven is assured for us. Now, this isn't something that we would normally think of Christ saying. We would want heaven to be guaranteed, or at least something close to it. And doesn't the first reading and even the gospel talk about people coming from east and west, north and south, to the new Jerusalem, which is always a metaphor for heaven? But Christ in the gospel reminds us that that's not how it is. That while the church is universal, the road to heaven is narrow and not everyone will get there. And he accompanies this teaching with a story of people being shut out from the master's door trying to get in. So what gives? Is heaven just an ultra-exclusive country club that we have no hope of getting into, or a speakeasy where you have to know a password? It's neither of those things. So what is heaven? Heaven is the perpetual paradise of the just eternally beholding God face to face, being able to see God as he is. And this was promised to us from the very beginning of creation, that we would be able to eventually be one with God in heaven. However, this promise was shut off from us by the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. The doors of heaven were shut. But thankfully, they were reopened by the resurrection of Christ. If you want to look at one primary effect of the resurrection, it allowed people to get in to heaven. And since heaven really isn't so much a place, it's a state or a condition. It's not a place, it's, it's a, more of a condition. And since it's a condition and not a place, its entrance is not so much dependent on where we end up, but on how we got there. What we did on the way matters. We all end up at the same place at the end of our life. We end up in death. But what we did on the way will determine where we go for eternity. Because truth be told, every action, every action that we do here on earth affects our immortal souls, both the good and the bad. And because we're fallen creatures, we will sin at times. We'll take that broad, narrow, broad way of the world, that wide road. But Christ is the narrow way. It's the road less traveled. It goes against the grain. It might not be the most well-paved road either. And this narrow way is a metaphor for overcoming sin. But overcoming sin is difficult. Anyone who's had to overcome sin, or any bad habit for that matter, can tell you that. It's difficult. And because of this difficulty, we know there will be some who won't persevere all the way to the end. And we hear this often from Christ in the gospel, separating the sheep from the goats and even the story today. There will be those who will get left out in the cold because 
they gave in to sin. And it's for this reason that even in something as simple as the Mass and some of the words that we might say, when we consecrate the chalice, we say the blood that was poured out for you and for many. Not for all, but many. Because while Christ died for everyone, we know that there will be some who won't take him up on his offer of salvation. And so we have to acknowledge that both in what we believe and how we worship. So God's justice means that there will be some who will get what they deserve, and that's an eternity separated from God. But is that all there really is? Is that all there is to God? Are we simply left to just despair because we don't have anything to hope for? Absolutely not. We are called to hope, brothers and sisters. And hope is a desire for something that we cannot see. And in this case, a desire for heaven. We're called to desire heaven. And this hope is characterized primarily by a trust in God's infinite mercy. So we are called to desire heaven and trust in God's mercy. Because truth be told, every single soul in heaven, every one of them outside of our Blessed Mother, had to rely on God's mercy to get there. Every soul in heaven is the result of God's inexplicable mercy to a sinner. So that's why we pray for the dead, not to them, but for them, so that God can have mercy on them. And we have great confidence in God's mercy because he showed it all throughout the scriptures. Look at St. Dismas. He was that thief who was next to Jesus on the cross. While the other thief was arrogant and thought that he, he was fine, he didn't have anything wrong with him, St. Dismas said, no, we're here because we deserve it. And he, his words to Jesus got him into heaven that very day. And what did he say? Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. God had mercy on St. Dismas because he wasn't arrogant. He acknowledged that he was a sinner. He knew it. He needed God's mercy and he asked for it. Or look at St. Paul all throughout the whole New Testament. Most people forget that St. Paul was a murderer. He executed St. Stephen. But look what God was able to work through his life when he simply asked for forgiveness and trusted in his mercy. Or even going back to the Old Testament, David. He was both an adulterer and a murderer. One wasn't good enough. He had to do both. But David, a great example of contrition, he would write be the beautiful words of Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. What a beautiful example of contrition and God's mercy. So trusting in God's mercy is the narrow way. Because most people would either despair or think, ah, it's not worth it. No. We're called to be honest, sometimes brutally honest about our sinfulness, to ask for forgiveness, and then to trust in God's never-failing mercy. So that's why we don't get so much caught in the numbers of whether few will be saved or many, because that really isn't the point. Because while heaven isn't assured for us, if God can have mercy on David, St. Dismas, and St. Paul, he can have mercy on us. And maybe today we can start with a simple prayer. Just maybe once a day, say these words. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That encompasses everything right there. The attitude that we're called to have, but also our trust in God's mercy, that he will have mercy on us and let us into heaven. So let us pray today that we can take the narrow way toward Christ, to reject sin and seek forgiveness, to realize that we need God's mercy more than anything else, because it is only through mercy that we can gain eternal salvation.